0: to Thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology podcast with Dr. Lee Bacham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it days I spend a good bit of my time coaching people on where they're stuck. In fact, what I've realized is I've began to focus on, on how I help people the best. I've realized that one of my gifts is to help people see a new path, how to get unstuck. And so I spend a lot of my time doing a coaching that's around the fact that people find themselves somewhere in life being stuck. There are lots of ways that people kind of realize that. And I just wanted to talk through one of those beginning points of the conversations I often have where someone calls me up and says, you know what, I'm just not happy. I'm just not happy. Now, sometimes they are thinking about how they want to be thriving, and they're realizing that they're not thriving because of that, that level of what they talk about as unhappiness. And sometimes they wonder if they're depressed. Sometimes they wonder if there's something else going on. Maybe there's something that's stuck, something that's not quite working for them. And so as we have these conversations, I realized that there really are four primary places that come uh, out, that create this place, this space that people say, you know, I'm I'm just not happy. And when I have them describe it for me, they talk about it as kind of a gray zone. A lot of times they'll tell me that there's nothing that's really wrong. There's just nothing that's really right. And they talk about the, the clouds that they feel are always around them, that they, they just kind of walk through their day. Yesterday, I was talking with a man on the phone that was telling me that he's really at a at a good place in his career in terms of pay and promotion. He's gotten to the place that he had always dreamed of being, and yet every day he gets up and he feels like it's just another dreaded day. And he starts his day off and he goes to the office and he does what he has to at the office and he does the meetings that he has to do with, with the office and he does the reports that he has to do for the office and he reports to the boss in the ways that he has to do for his office and he closes out the day, drives home, feeling much in a funk, gets home really isn't excited about being there either. He eats his meals and sits down to watch TV and read the news and pretty much pass the evening away while he's waiting for a repeat the next day. And that's pretty much his life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, he tells me, he sometimes repeats the same thing. Sunday, it's an off day, and so he goes and plays golf. But what he discovers is that even on that day, he's not quite getting where he wants to get to. So as we began to talk... I began to note that there are some pieces of his puzzle that fit for other people. A couple of days before that, I was having a discussion with a woman who was telling me that she had just this place of grayness, that everything just felt like this such a difficult thing to get through. And she began to tell me, about some things that had happened over the past few years, about the death of her mother and her father, and the fact that she was also looking at her spouses, then the, kind of the end of their life, and had dealt with some divorces with their friends and, and all kinds of other pieces. And, and she wondered maybe that that had somehow affected her. A couple of weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a person who was really down this long path that he had spent years preparing for. He was an attorney. Pretty high-powerful attorney uh, was doing very well. And he had spent his years coming through school, going to college, landing in a good law school, finishing law school, and returning to the family practice. And here he was, well into that, feeling like nothing was worth it, that somehow it just wasn't all fitting together, and somehow he just felt a little bit out of place. I've talked with enough people to know that these. Three people represent all four areas in some ways that I want to kind of point out today as places where we just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm just not happy. That's the beginning point of I'm just not happy. So the first one is grief. The second one is expectations. The third one is a meaning crisis. And the fourth one is just being stuck. Grief is a process. And a lot of people fail to notice that sometimes that process can go on for a long time. Grief is what happens when we lose something or someone dear to us, when a piece of our life has been removed. And the grief process is our beginning to move beyond that relationship with that thing or that person to to establish a new normal, a new place to be. But sometimes people are thinking they should be beyond it. Several weeks ago, I was having a conversation with somebody who uh, had a close friend who had lost somebody and and. That person was saying, yeah, my friend's just not moved on. I don't understand it. It's been six months. And I said, why do you think six months should do it? And this person said, well, I'd heard that grief is a six-month process. And I said, oh, there's no time limit to grief. And in fact, I've known people who have grieved and grieved for years. And I've known people who have grieved for just a few months and have rewoven their life. But there's not a right time frame. So the first thing to understand is that if you're feeling that place where you're just not happy, that you might want to ask the question, has there been a loss in my life? Has there been some loss back there, whether it's a person, a position, a place, a thing that has left you feeling lacking, that there's something that's disconnected there? It doesn't have to be a loss of, by death. It could be lost by divorce or by friends having to move away or losing a friend or lots of other ways. So the question is, has there been a loss in your recent past? And if so, you might want to ask the question, is this about that grief process? The second level, expectations. Expectations are uh, when we are expecting something else better out there and we don't get it. It doesn't happen. Maybe we're expecting that doing something or being somewhere or getting to the certain place is going to finally make you happy. So you expect that finishing that, that degree, whatever degree, whether it's undergrad or graduate school or even high school, gets you to the place of being happy. Or maybe you imagine that once you have your child, your expectation is that you'll finally be happy and life will move on. Or maybe you have an expectation of moving into that new house and everything will get to where you want it to be. Or maybe you have the expectation of that perfect position that will just get you there. There's somehow this thing out there that you expect will make you feel happy. Until you get there. And you discover that while you might have a momentarily bump, you kind of come back to that place of feeling just not happy. The problem is it's too high an expectation out there. And there's another bigger issue. And that is that it's waiting for something external to create an internal feeling. It's waiting for the external event to make you happy. Notice that when something happens, the root word of happen and the root word for happy are the same because happiness is based in something happening out there, which unfortunately rarely works. We get to back to our midpoint. One of the things we've kind of come to discover is that people have a certain level, a baseline of feeling, of how they're feeling. And that baseline may not be exactly where they want it to be, but that baseline is where they're going to return to. So when somebody has something great happen, sometimes their emotional state will come up and then return to a baseline. People who have something bad happen, maybe their baseline drops for a bit but then returns to that baseline. So they have a momentary dip or a momentary rise that comes back to a baseline because it's about the external event and we always get used to that. You buy a new car, and after a while, it's just the car. You buy a new house, and after a while, it's just the house. You get a raise, and after a while, it's just the money that pays the bills. And pretty soon, we find that those things that you thought might do it just don't quite get there. Then there's the meaning crisis. A meaning crisis is when we are often caught in a place of being uncomfortably comfortable. In other words, you've arrived to a place where things are going pretty well. Success is coming along pretty well. You're paying the bills. You're happy. You get to take vacations sometimes. And, and so you, you're at that place when you suddenly realize that all of the things you're doing to get that paycheck aren't really feeding your soul. And that can come at any point in anyone's life where you suddenly realize that all of that work that you do every day isn't feeding the soul. And that really is where this meaning crisis comes from. There's, there's a voice within all of us that wants to have a deeper place of meaning and a greater sense of purpose and to create a greater impact in the world, making the place a better place. A lot of times that meaning crisis is based in the fact that we all need that meaning. Viktor Frankl taught us that as one of the forefathers of psychology, he taught us that meaning is what drives us. And that if we have a lack of meaning, we'll find ourselves in a crisis. We'll begin to find other things that make us feel that despair because the meaning isn't there. If we can find the meaning, if we can create a place of meaning, according to Frankl and a lot of other people who have gone through it, we have a way of getting through the tough times. Viktor Frankl is the survivor or was a survivor of concentration camps. He was writing a book about meaning and the importance of meaning when he was taken into custody, sent to a concentration camp, lost his parents, lost his wife, came through that experience, and continued to say that meaning is the anchor point for everybody's existence, that our deepest need is for that meaning. And if we don't have a place of meaning, we feel the hollowness. We feel the hopelessness. We feel the despair of just not being happy. And then there is that final fourth thing about being stuck. And really, the the problem is that all of what I've talked about lead us to a place of, of feeling stuck. And so adding on this layer of stuck is what happens when we're there so long that we don't see a way out. Stuck is not so much that something's holding you as much as you don't see a way through that process. You don't see a way to get beyond that. So let's talk a little bit about all four of those areas. First, grief. One of the most important things about grief is to recognize it does take a time and a process and that the two pieces to that process are time and closure. If you're a a little bit um, uh, frustrated with yourself, impatient with yourself, that you feel like you ought to be beyond the grief, recognize that that grief process has its own time frame that you can't decide how fast that's going to go. You can get in the way of that, and a lot of people get in the way of their own grief and make it go longer than it needs to, but you can't make it go faster. And to be patient with yourself is a central part. If there's been a loss in your life, be patient with that and allow yourself some time to move through that, but also remember to be moving through that. The way we get stuck in grief is to not be able to see that there's any other possibility beyond it. We make our own existence tied in to the loss. That maybe you say, there's no way I can go on without that friend, that family member, that whatever it was that you lost. And, and yet our lives are bigger than that. In fact, I would say that one of the greatest tributes we can give to somebody we've lost or something we've lost is to decide that we can move beyond it and live beyond it because our life is going to have meaning beyond that. But it's going to take time and a sense of closure, A lot of times people continue to hold that open, hold that space open, maybe hoping for some shift somewhere along the way. Years ago, I had a client who had been divorced, and she had been divorced for a couple of decades. But when she would tell the story, it was as if it had happened just a few months before. In fact, the first time she told me, I said, oh, wow, I'm so sorry. When was that? And when she told me it was over 20 years ago, I was completely taken off guard because it sounded so fresh. She had anchored herself to that event so tightly that there could never be closure to it. Sometimes we have to find a way of closing that loss and moving into something new, even if it's in tribute to that, or even to prove that that thing you lost isn't going to hold you hostage. For her, it was proving that the divorce didn't have to define her life. For other people, it's deciding that their life goes on beyond the loss of somebody or something. Expectations is our next little area. Expectations are often about two shifts to get away from that. One shift is into responsibility, to decide it's up to you to find the things that make you happy, not waiting for that external thing to do it, but to digging in and saying, I'm responsible for bringing that into my life. I'm responsible for bringing something new into my life. New things happen only for two reasons. We either choose them or they happen to us without our choice. And when we choose them, at least we are standing on our own saying, I choose this direction. So responsibility, it's not about blame. A lot of times when I say responsibility, people say, oh, you're blaming me for the way I feel. No, I'm saying from here on, do you choose to be able able to respond, responsible to decide how you're going to bring new things into your life? That's an internal shift from going from looking for the external ways that you, you're happy to the internal fact that you find joy and satisfaction within yourself. The third area is a meaning crisis. A meaning crisis often requires a shift in one of two things, either vocation or avocation. To make some shift along the way, a vocational shift is when somebody says, the way that I'm making my money doesn't bring me meaning and I've got to do something different. An avocation says, "I'm going to continue making money the way I've made it, but I'm going to find something else to do that will bring meaning into my life." Both ways are applicable. I had a, a coaching client years ago that had a he, he'd had a, a manual labor company that created a lot of income for his family. He didn't like it. In fact, he disliked it a lot, and it was messy work. And he did a lot of that work himself, but it create a lot of income. So as we talked about it, he said, you know, the way that I frame this is because I have that place where I make a lot of money, I can choose to do other things in my spare time that bring me deeper meaning. He volunteered at different places and, and gave money at different places and found some deeper places in his avocations, served on boards and volunteered at different events And he decided his vocation would stay the way it was because it paid the bills. And then he would find an avocation that paid his soul. But there are other people. I've talked to people who have made shifts in mid-career. I had an attorney who became a psychotherapist. And I had a doctor who decided to become a minister. And I've had many other people who have made major shifts in their life because they realized that the job they were working was not where they needed to be. Maybe they were good at it, but it wasn't where they were great. It wasn't where they, their soul met their capacity. And so they decided they had to do something different, so they made a vocational shift to something else. This is the outward movement from yourself. Many people discover that when they begin to think, how can I make a bigger difference, they find that place of meaning. That when we get away from our own desires and towards how we can serve the world, suddenly that meaning is, is shifted. We begin to feed our soul rather than feeding uh, kind of our ego and the other pieces that can get in our way. Which leads us to the last one of stuck. Stuck is a mindset. More than anything else, it's a mindset. We've already talked about several ways to move beyond that mindset. But it is a mindset that, that can often be countered with one simple shift deciding that life is about experimenting, that you can try little things here, not things that you have to commit to forever, but little things here. Maybe you decide to take a 15-minute walk just to see, just to experiment to see what that's like. Or maybe you decide to take a, a, a new course just to see, just to kind of test what that's like. Maybe you do an online program just to see, just to test to see what that's like. Maybe you change your eating habits just to see, just to test what that would be like. Maybe you change your morning routine or your evening routine or your daily routine, your eating routine, lots of places in life that you can do little experiments just to see what shakes loose. In the end, the way to get beyond that I'm just not happy feeling is little steps in any direction. That's the magic of this. Any action often pulls you away from that because now you have begun to take an active role in where you want to go. Whether it's dealing with your grief or whether it's dealing uh, with your expectations or dealing with your meaning crisis, you get unstuck by taking actions here and there, little at a time. If you're in need of help with being stuck, I would invite you to contact me. You can send me an email at lee at com. That's L-E-E at thriveology, dot com. We can talk about working together to see if we can get you unstuck. Or you can check out my Thrive Principles. That's 15 strategies for breaking that loose and moving forward. You can find more about my book, Thrive Principles, at thethriveprinciples.com. That's thethriveprinciples.com. This is Lee Balkum. wishing you the best as you work to build your thriving world.